This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. What's going on, everybody? It's your host, Will, coming back for a new episode of the Hunt Stand Podcast, Field Note Fridays, powered by Moose Utility Division, your brand for all seasons. Over the past few weeks, you've heard Mr. Pat Reeve talk about some of his late-season whitetail strategies, and we're going to be continuing that this week. And so without getting into it too much, just want to make sure all of y'all rate, review the podcast. really helps us out. Greatly appreciate it if y'all went on over there to either Spotify, Apple, or whatever listening platform you're on, and rate the podcast for us. And also, if you don't have the HuntStand app downloaded, make sure you do. We've got our free version, we've got Pro, and we've got Pro Whitetail. If you want to unlock all the features, upgrade to Pro Whitetail today. So I'm going to quit talking, and let's get right to it with Mr. Pat Reeve on our late-season Whitetail Strategy Series. One of the things that I really wanted to, to touch um, that I think, you know, if I had to kind of go down the the list and, mm-hmm. you know, saying food sources, hunting late season, it'd be food sources, number one. Yeah. Water would be number two for me. And uh, if we weren't talking right now today at this moment, I would be out right now filling my water holes and I, I use earth ponds. I would be out there filling them. Um, with, uh, I got a 500 gallon tank in the back of my truck. I would be out there refilling them because we've had a dry period now where the deer are needing water. Some of those earth ponds that I have, the smaller ones, they're drying up, they're full of leaves and stuff because I haven't been out there in several weeks because I've been gone, Mm -hmm. but I need to get back out there. Water is overlooked in most hunters situations because they just take it for granted like well i got water on my property or there's a pond or there's a creek down in the valley i've killed 85 percent of my deer over water 
water sources over the years. And I just pay attention to them because deer can go without food, but they can't go without water. Yeah. I mean, and a buck generally I'll drink, uh, well per body weight, two to two quarts per hundred pounds. So he's going to drink four, generally up to four, four to six quarts a day of water. Um, you know, that's just, that's just the, on average, but, um, water, even late season, especially late season becomes even more important than any other period because, um, you know, in our country right now, the ground is freezing up and, if you don't have snow cover, which snow becomes a water source for them as well, they'll eat snow to get some um, some hydration. But they'll if there's no snow cover and everything is just ultra dry out there, and, and we've had a dry period here now where there, we just haven't had any rain, so there's there's any water sources that might be there like a mud puddle or whatever is really dried up. Yeah. They got to seek out those water sources and fresh water sources can be ultra important. Um, it, you know, providing I'll even right now, like even if our ponds freeze up and my earth ponds freeze up, I'll go out there with fresh water and I'll pour it. If I'm going to hunt like day from now, I'll go out there and I'll fill, I'll put water on top of the ice and it'll take a day or two to freeze. And those deer will, they, if they can detect that, that water and they'll go to it right away. No, it's kidding. crazy. Yeah. They, and again, you know, they'll paw at the ice, try to break through, but if there's water there, they'll go to it. And I always try to tell everybody, Hey, you put water where deer are going to easily access it or they don't want to walk all the way a mile down to the bottom of the valley here in, in our country mm -hmm. to get a drink and then walk all the way back up to the top to get to the food source. Yeah. If a water source is up there and it's the only water source, guess what? Guess where they're going to be? They're going to be drinking out of that water. water source. Yeah, they are. And, uh, and you're providing that water source and you manipulated your tree stands or your blinds are within range of that. Mm -hmm. I mean, it really improves your odds. And uh, of course my cameras are there. I inventory, got my stealth cams there and I'm inventorying all the deer that are made it through this last gun season. I know what's around. I know when they're coming in. Um, they're a big part of our hunting um, and we have used them very effectively. And late season there, I just got to try to figure out how to keep them open or keep that water warm uh, I've tried lots of different things, but, uh, I'm working on some stuff now to try to get, get that problem fixed, but they, uh, you know, get, keeping that water open all year for them is, is ultra important, especially after it freezes up big time. You know, I don't have to deal with that down here. Uh, so that's what I try to focus a lot of my stand locations. We've got stock ponds that we've, they've had wells dug for them. So I can keep them full year round, which is nice. Um, yeah, so yeah. I, I have a lot of my locations set up. And in fact, I killed actually the buck that's right behind me on the European Mount killed that over water post Christmas a couple years ago. So, oh, there you go. And I mean, that's again, they can, you know, they need water every day. And yep. uh, there's a water source there, you know, it, it can be ultra important for them in, in early season too, you know, when mm -hmm. it's hot and Big you've time. had a hot a hot day, you know, I'm almost, almost guaranteed that they're going to, first thing they're going to do is before they go out to eat is go get a drink because yeah. 
you know, they've been laying there all day and it's been hot out. And uh, yeah, so we focus on that. Um, the third thing I, I uh, pay attention to a lot and, and we can do a lot of management up here in our country um, is creating bedding areas with thermal cover mm-hmm. uh, for late season opportunities. We know our deer in late season when it gets cold are going to lay on self-facing ridges just because it's sunny um, for the most part. I shouldn't say not always, but, you know, if you got a really bad, strong south wind and it's blowing snow, they'll lay where, you know, they're out of the weather. But, you know, if it's a it's a high pressure day and it's sunny out, they're going to be using those those sunny ridges and that's where they're going to be bedding. Of course, you know we know where they're going to be bedding because um, of that thermal factor. And, uh, you know, we all plan or we'll, you know, hunt those uh, food sources that are close to those areas. So self-facing ridges are, are ultra important for us. And um, we build, we hinge cut our, our self-facing ridges. We plant cedars to give them more of a protection for thermal and, um, give them more cover to bed in, but we do everything to manipulate those bedding areas, um, particularly in certain spots that are close to our food sources and, and build those bedding areas. And, and, um, and if you came up here, I could go show you right now. We could just take a drive on the, on the ATD. I've even brought in a dozer and I'll, I have areas that, um, are more mature timber mm-hmm. and, and we have a lot of oaks and, and stuff well once the timber becomes more mature here you get less understory which yeah. it gets more open and park park like right mm-hmm. it's aesthetically great to to look at right i mean you're like wow look at my timber this is awesome look at those trees you know but it's <laughs> i was gonna say you can it's say crappy it. you can say it's, it. it's it's shitty it's <laughs> shitty for you know keeping big deer yeah there. and uh Man, and you know, so the nastier and thicker it is, the better it is for deer. And it, yep. you know, that isn't always beautiful looking to look at, but I'm going to tell you, I just told my wife, I said, I think we need to call a logger. I want to log this place off um, because it's getting a little too m- more mature. Um, even though we have hinge cut areas, mm-hmm. um, I'd rather have it thick and nasty and full of briars and yes. brush and you know, regen stuff. And um, it's just going to hold a lot more deer and it's going to hold a lot more mature deer. So that's ultra important to us is just paying attention to, you know, creating those thickets and those bedding areas for deer to just stay on your property and not go off your property and get shot or um, just growing them there. Right. So, um, you know, I was, uh, I was going to say, you know, last year I I called uh, my buddy that owns a dozer and he came over here and, and, uh, he's like, well, what are you going to do? I said, I'm going to have you doze this road in to this hillside. I said, I'm just going to have you follow the contour, follow my ribbons. And I just want you to build this road. Oh, he's like, oh, you're gonna, you know, just build that. Cause you want to access it. I said, no, man, I'm walking right behind you when you're dozing this road in and I'm going to cover it right up. And he's like, what? And I'm like, I said, yeah, I said, uh, 
you aren't going to believe this, but I'm going to hinge cut right behind you. And he's like, I've never heard of it. So what he did is he dozed the road in because I had this area that didn't have a flat. We have, you know, these hills. Well, deer like to lay on shelves or flat spots mm -hmm. here. You know, they'll lay on the top of a, a point or they'll lay uh, maybe a tree tipped over and a root system is allowed there to be a little flat bench here. Yeah. They seek out those areas. But I, I didn't you know, this hillside is just basically was not a bedding area. So I had him doze two different levels of road systems in there, hinge cut over the roads. And I went in right before I hinge cut it, I, I uh, went in there and took some evolved clover and I just put clover down on the fresh dirt. And then I just hinge cut all these trees over the road and created a pocket of flat pocket that has a soft bedding area. And now I've got my own, I mean, now the deer are using it like crazy. And I went from an area that had no deer bedding in it to mm -hmm. now a, a deer holding area. And, uh, and, you know, of course it's a, kind of an extreme move, but it really has paid off because now I know where they're bedding. Wow. They're bedding below my, my food plot. Mm -hmm. And, um, and, uh, I know they're going to be coming out of there. Of course, my cameras help me tell that story because yeah. I'm monitoring when they come into the food plot. So yeah, it's really, you know, kind of taking that hold to a whole different level. Man, that that's a different way of thinking. And I, I like that. That's a good strategy. So we've essentially kind of talked about three things that, uh, you know, we got food, water and essentially creating that cover or bedding areas for them that's kind of essentially your top three right now but moving into kind of like that fourth and fifth tier what would you say are kind of your last topics or strategies that you're focusing on um when it comes to this this season well one of the things that i was going to talk about right away that i didn't really cover that I think has made us super successful mm -hmm. at hunting food sources is it starts in the, in the spring, early summer is and most people don't go to this extreme or, or miss this part. And they they're frustrated because they go through the effort of planning a food plot Yep, and, and, and what, in hopes of hunting it. And the food plot does not develop, doesn't grow properly and and they don't see the results from the the food source that they were hoping for mm -hmm. um and i've learned that in our area we have a higher deer density so we have to protect those plots yeah. right away um when we plant them i mean the first as soon as we get them in the ground and uh we uh we get them sprayed um, with some pre-emerge, we, we put up electric fences around them all. And, uh, yeah. we double fence our electric, we use electric rope, rope systems and, um, they're solar powered with a 12 volt battery, deep cycle battery. And, um, we double them up. So a deer can't just jump over the single, uh, the single front front one. He's got a, you know, it's a depth perception issue. So there's four different strands of electric there and it keeps them out of our plots. So those plots actually have uh, opportunities to mature, grow the best yield they can. And um, 
you know, with the uh, with the electric uh, rope systems, um, we're using uh, quick detach uh, handles and washers that we can take them, you know, unhook the unhook the battery and, and and kill the power and go in there and spray and then hook them back up. But we keep those plots, you know, electrified, so to speak, all the way until we want to pull down the electric for hunting opportunities or even late season. Like we just pulled down some the other day that have been up since, uh, you know, first of June. And we, we kept them up through the entire bow season, but we know we're going to hunt those late season and we don't want any deer in there eating anything until we want them in there. And, and I, I can promise you, you should see the results that we've had just showing, uh, you know, I've, I've done it on all our farms, I probably put up 25 electric fences a year at least and all my food gets to maturity and the deer can't browse it can't use it and if you pull them down within the day they're almost in there wow but uh that's what that's what has really made a big difference in hunting our food sources and I don't care if you're protecting green plots or you're protecting soybeans corn whatever you're protecting you know, it's going to allow that, that food source to get, you know, to, uh, more maturity and get a better yield. Mm -hmm. And then you let the deer in there. Sometimes you, you know, like we'll even take down half of it and let them into a portion of it and then keep the other half for later on, or we'll manipulate their movement by where we're letting them in. But, uh, the electric systems have really been a game changer for us. And I think that, if, if somebody's listened to this and uh, they do one thing that we've talked about today, that would be it is to just protect your plots with electric and um, it'll make a huge difference, especially in your late season hunting, because now you're getting that they, they ha still have a food source and then ain't browsed off or it isn't gone by late season to yeah. where they're moving on. Cause deer are going to be there until it's gone. Yeah. You know, if they, if they ain't got pressured out of there. So um, uh, I, and of course, a great opportunity to monitor, uh, those food sources with your cell cams, mm -hmm. know what's coming in there, when they're coming in there, that kind of thing. Sweet. That's, it's a really good thing. I'm, I'm actually interested in trying to test it out in Texas, depending on what kind of rain we get. Uh, my only concern with the electric fence, I would probably say are wild pigs. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, uh, you might want to put that, that first, uh, strand down real low to, to <laughs> keep the pigs they get let me tell you one thing i told my son-in-law this i said you don't want to touch that thing and he said oh yeah. man i i've been around cows my whole life i've touched lots of electric fences i, I said well I'm, I'm just telling you i said it plywooded me once i said you might not want to touch that he touched that thing and he said i will never touch that again <laughs> it it did what it was supposed to so man it'll zap you hard and uh I don't know what's what it does, but it it's got some serious kick, and uh, uh, you're like, I don't want to touch that thing. I'll do everything to avoid it. But deer the same way. I put my cameras on video mode and watch them come up, and they're licking their nose, and that thing will snap them about four inches away from the wire. And when they get zapped, they'll jump like you've never seen them jump. I got <laughs> one. I got a picture of one. I wish I could show everybody right now, but this doe is like. I don't know. She is so high. 
she would have won a high <laughs> jump contest for sure. Heck yeah. I'd like to see that. All right, y'all. There you go. Hopefully you're able to pick up on something from Pat this week. And if you haven't listened to the other episodes, make sure you go back and do that. Or hopefully you've picked up something off of couple of the episodes we've done with him so far we're gonna be wrapping this series up next week and again y'all make sure rate review the podcast we greatly appreciate the support make sure you got the hunt stand app downloaded and we'll see you on the next one